Hello and welcome to another episode of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host Stuart Neil and I am joined by a ragtag bunch of noobs and veterans and we are going to pwn this topic tonight on online gaming. To my right is Kevin Moore. Hello. To his right is Ali Cornwall. Hello. And to my left is Mark Hamer. Hurt me more. <laughs> So as I said, tonight's topic is all about online gaming. Um, we will be covering sort of general um, sort of issues, things that we like about it, things we don't like about it. Um, Kev is probably our resident grouch, luddite, or, or critic, <laughs> yeah. cynic. <laughs> so basically, what we'll talk about then is sort of what experience do we have with online playing and what's your take on the huge shift in the last sort of decade or so towards playing online, um, particularly as the list of online-only games has grown ever larger. A uh, little quick bit of history. Um, obviously, online gaming has been around for a long, long time, basically since the days of dial-up, near enough, PC, um, PlayStation 2, Dreamcast, GameCube, all having online access um, via modems and things like that. Obviously, with the advent of broadband being um, a lot more easily available to near enough the whole of the UK, um, uh, that has made it an awful lot more accessible on PC. But then, obviously, um, with people having PlayStation 3s and the Xbox 360, um, give people an awful lot more quicker access um, instead of having to fight with Windows and things. Um, we all of a sudden have updates <laughs> to our consoles and things. Um, and of course, we also all have smartphones in our pockets that make online gaming even more accessible. Um, so things like Hearthstone or even sit and play on like poker games and things like that, bingo games and what have you, they're all online and uh, you're playing against other people and things. So what are our general feelings um, about online play? Mark. Ooh. All right, okay. I probably play more online games these days than offline single-player narrative games. I'm one of those pricks that um, Activision and EA are marketing when they start talking about games as a service uh, and canning uh, narrative single-player. No, no, I still love a good single-player game. I still play a lot of them. But um, I just prefer the social aspect of playing online with friends to playing on my own most of the time. Although sometimes I'll just appear offline and play something single player there so I don't have to deal with people. But I, I think it's just something I've always been uh, fond of, you know, mm. right back from the days when I used to have uh, Duke Nukem 3D LAN parties and um, Command and Conquer and things like that and playing StarCraft, uh, original StarCraft uh, on LAN. And yeah, on the whole, I prefer are playing online multiplayer games, I think, than than playing on my own. Yeah. What about you, Ali? Pretty much the same as Mark. I think we are of a generation that's kind of grown up with it. Mm -hmm. I think the internet really hit its stride in the 90s, I guess, when when we were, you know, young whippersnappers. Uh, I was a prefect at last few years of GCSE, so senior school, and then into sixth form in IT. 
uh, and as most people know, I'm pretty IT savvy, so that was Quake 2 on all the machines <laughs> in the behind the teacher's backs <laughs> and having a massive LAN party doing that. Um, and then, yeah, um, just it's just one of those things now. I don't. There's not many games that don't have an online version, mm-hmm. um, and some games like, like the Call of Duties, I sometimes don't even play the single player. Not that I don't want to. It's just my focus is on the the multiplayer side of things but then obviously there are those games that do come out like horizon zero dawn where it's great Mm -hmm. because you haven't got to mess around with the online stuff and and whatnot um sometimes the the lines are blurred um and sometimes it's tacked on as well which is just horrendous when they do it it's either an online game or it's not sometimes but yeah I, i i like it it's good for social gaming um plus if you're playing with your mates you don't get all your cables tangled up for the n64 and stuff and it just becomes a nightmare and you have to stop. <laughs> let's make a cup of tea, lads, and let's unwind these cables because it's pissing me off. <laughs> Kev, what about you? I'm pretty much the opposite, I would say. <laughs> I'm, I'm really against online gaming, partly because, yeah, it's great to play with your mates, but as somebody that actually suffers insomnia and doesn't actually manage to get much online play done with his friends because they're all asleep by the time I've actually finished doing my work, it kind of excludes you, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time, by the time I get to a game and feel like I'm good enough to go online, it's too late. Everybody's either at level 7,000 or they've closed the service. Did you bring that violin with you, Stu? (laughs) No. Uh, I'm probably along the same lines as Kev to an extent. Um, My online experiences are limited to things like playing Hearthstone, and you know, occasionally dipping my toe into something like Dirty Bomb or um, even uh, Warhammer End Times Vermintide, mm. um, and occasionally playing Taurus Splatoon and what have you. Um, so mine are more definitely casual experiences, but I'm not necessarily against it. But it's, I think it does come down to being a, as you say, at Ali, almost a generational thing. Between uh, myself, uh, yourself and Mark, there's not a huge amount of years, but it's enough um, to have made that difference of um, actually having broadband and, um, you know, having the consoles and things that were capable of broadband and whatever, or well, at least, you know, um, internet connection um, at that time. I was an early adopter of the internet. I had the internet practically as soon as it were available, but oh, okay. I've just never got on with online gaming. Yeah, that's the way to think about it. You are probably... Um, I say probably, you are definitely the most technologically advanced of all of us. <laughs> That's the weird thing. <laughs> Some sound like an alien race. <laughs> but you just hate the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's the hive mind that just drives them mad. <laughs> it's all the voices. So we'll get into it then. Uh, Generally, online games and what have you, whenever we think of online games, uh, we think of obviously there's the massive multiplayer online games, things like World of Warcraft and what have you. But a lot of the ones that have been coming out recently, like Destiny 2, um, you know, your Battlefield, um, Call of Duty and things like that, are a lot more uh, player versus player or even sort of team matches and what have you focused um, so obviously there's a definite sort of difference between there and then there's obviously the more casual ones, things like Hearthstone and even sort of the poker games and uh, to a lesser extent things like Splatoon where it's random but it's team based. Do you think there is a an attitude with online gamers particularly? Depends what you mean by attitude. All right, okay, so yes. 
a culture is maybe the better way of looking at it. Yes. Or does it does online gaming attract a certain type of person? Yeah. <laughs> Basement dwellers. Certain types of online game do, for sure. Back when I used to play um original StarCraft uh online, um because it was like a you know, it was a PC only game, um people took the multiplayer super seriously. The community was kind of well, pretty sound. Um, the same as when I used to play, uh, you know, original Counter Strike and um, Team Fortress back in the day as well, on a Half Life Deathmatch on Real Tournament. Um, the communities were fairly civilized. I wouldn't have people questioning my sexuality or <laughs> talking about how easy my mother is. Not or, just from uh, me. <laughs> that was just from you, yeah. And, I, um, and like that was that was my experience of playing online for years. For, for I'd say the first decade or so of playing online, and then Call of Duty Modern Warfare <sighs> happened, and that's when the communities, the online communities around certain games, just went completely toxic so the point activision know this like i've got the latest cod the default setting in multiplayer is everybody else is muted you have to turn the other voices on mm. first of all they added a mute all button and now the default setting is just turn off everybody's voice because they know that their user base on the whole is just a hive of villainy and swearing and angry children <laughs> <laughs> it's a really bizarre thing as well because the actual games are 18 rated. They're all Peggy 18s, you know. And it, it's like, who is actually being irresponsible enough to just let these kids have these horrible games? Parents. Mm-hmm. But then, like, at the other end of the spectrum, and, and Ali will be able to back me up on this, and in, like, things like, uh, I imagine it's the same in World of Warcraft, but I've experienced it quite a lot in um, Final Fantasy fourteen. in, like, the more dedicated MMO games, the community's kind of lovely yeah and super um, helpful yeah you do get your dicks though <laughs> it's only when you're on Ali. the law of yeah only when ali's on <laughs> yeah the law of averages says you, you're gonna find some dicks but there seem to be significantly less than there are on like fifa yeah fifa your fifas your cods to a certain extent yeah, I, Battlefield. I was on world of warcraft well i've been on it loads of times but um when your servers come on that's when you can get any name you want to an extent within their caveat mm. of names you know mm-hmm. um and i got the name vincent and that was my alias for mm-hmm. years playing world of warcraft um and i had a guy and his name was vincinator come up to me who was like a level 12 and i was like level 90 or something at the cap at the time uh giving me absolute abuse because i'd stolen his name apparently <laughs> do you know what i mean well uh, i don't think so i've been, I've been here a while <laughs> you know move along <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you so you get your, your idiots like that and then the thing is is you get a different type of idiots on multiple mmos uh because you get people that will like sit their massive ginormous mount which could be a dragon or something on top of a vendor that you're trying to get to to hand a quest in and you can't do it they have changed things in it to stop things like that um so they kind of troll you in a different way it's not verbal abuse because it's not normally on headsets, at least on World of Warcraft, it wasn't. It was more chatting, and you had to go onto like a TeamSpeak server to talk to people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whereas the likes of World of War, uh, not World of Warcraft, uh, Call of Duty and stuff like that, they're just keyboard warriors is the only yeah. name for them. Mm. These are these young millennials, as we like to call them now, who think they're hard behind a mic, but wouldn't say anything to you in the street unless they had a knife in hand. 
And a lot of them seem to have some serious uh, emotional problems. I've never heard anyone get as angry as they do, as some kids do playing Call of Duty. <laughs> My God, it's horrific. Oh, I've got a friend that gets that angry when we play, not so much Destiny, but Call of Duty, Battlefront, anything like that, to the point he's thrown his control at the wall oh, and his TV and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to record it one day. He shouts on the headset that much sometimes, it hurts me ears. That's <laughs> <laughs> <to> my age. <laughs> you lot think I'm angry. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Um, but no, there is an issue with gaming in general I think uh, not just online but where parents or somehow kids are buying games that are not for their age mm-hmm. and it spoils it for the rest of us it, you know it'd be nice to go to something like not so much this year at Eurogamer but previously at Eurogamer there's been an 18s area and it's great just seeing them get turned away and you go oh relaxation <laughs> from you know the little whippersnappers um, but I don't understand why people or why parents are just going oh yeah you can have Call of Duty and and then they're driving around and getting hookers in the back of the car and beating them up and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. that's for adults that kind of know the right from wrong not from kids that are still yeah maybe slightly manipulative strange mm-hmm. yeah. I think on the whole the, the, the way that the kids behave online um, the bad ones it's it's not anything really to do with the sort of game that they're or the content of the game that they're playing it's just it's you know because it's it's how kids that age i think behave on the internet to complete strangers full stop yeah regardless of what it is it's just that uh they think oh it's on the internet i'm anonymous no one can come back at me i can say whatever i want i'm gonna be the absolute worst person i can be Going then from sort of the attitude of other younger online players, what would you say is the other sort of barriers to entry um, for online gaming? Sometimes the cost. Yeah, I think for a lot of people it will be the time involved. Mm. Yes, yeah. A lot of games, especially progression-based first-person shooters, will come using COD again as an example, because that's the, probably the biggest one. Um, there's a barrier of... Um, you need to spend time in the game to be able to learn the maps. You need to be able to spend time in the game to learn the different, um, how the different guns handle and which ones are mm-hmm. best for which sort of map. And you also need to spend time just to unlock the equipment. And people who spend more time online than you are going to be in an advantage because they'll they'll know the maps, they'll have the gear, and they'll know how to use the gear. Yeah, you see, to me, the barrier is day one. Basically, you've got to have your game on day yes. one and you've got to sacrifice at least a fortnight where you are just playing that game. And yeah, yeah. that's what you come up against then. Of course, if you're just coming in a bit late to the show, you know, you're just going to get showered on, you know, by these people that are ridiculous, you know, that they're like a godlike level already and uh, i think that's why um i've kind of developed uh, more of a liking for um online cooperative games yeah things like destiny um and the division when people are actually playing that where it's more about you and some friends against the ai rather than pvp um and i do enjoy a a good pvp in in certain certain sort of games but they're the the sort of games that i have jumped on on day one and i have learned the ins and outs and i can hold my own um at but i know exactly if you come to a game 
like I haven't really played much COD online for years. Um, and it hasn't changed that much in terms of the way it plays. So now I'm at the point now where it, like it came into the, to the new one and it's, it's, I'm finding it really difficult to even finish in, you know, mid table, um, because there is no entry point to that series anymore. People who are good at it are good at it and they've been good at it years yeah. for, for years. Yeah. And it's like, it's impossible to get into it now. I, I guess one of the, one of the things for online games, which I, I think is missing to an extent is that there's no kind of startup to it. So what I think they should put into the games, but I'm not a developer. So obviously my opinion ain't worth shit, but <laughs> um, is that for the likes of Call of Duty, Battlefront and your other online games is there should be, a specific lobby that you do for the first 10 levels, maybe, or five levels, depending on, you know, what the progression's like. Do you know, there is exactly that thing in um, uh, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare yeah. and PVZ Garden Warfare 2, the thing called the, the Welcome mm. Mat. Yeah. Where it's like... Um, and it doesn't... You can... you can uh, Even when you reach a certain level, you can still go into that. It's like you can't use any customization options or anything like that, but it's sort of like a here's how you learn how to play multiplayer. Yeah, so yeah, th- th- that needs to be in most of them, I think. Just something where you can go yeah. in, get a feel for it, yeah. find yeah. a weapon you like, and and go from there. Um, I guess Call of Duty depends on your skill set. I guess I don't know. I'm finding Battlefront two harder than I am Call of Duty, but that's probably just me. I don't know. But then there are other multiplayer games like your racing games where it's not that hard to drive a car really no no uh, that's a that's a good example actually that was one i was i was going to bring up as well it's like there are certain types of multiplayer games and driving is a great example of it It was like it isn't a case of like learning the ins and outs of that particular game it's a driving game if you know how to drive then you know how to play the game the only problem with that is in the likes of more so in forza is that you get your dicks that will then just go in Land Rover because they can, or a Humvee or some crap car, uh, and then just plough everyone, everyone off the track and wreck that race for everyone if you're on a hopper. Yeah, uh, that's why I, I hope that more racing games in, introduce the thing that like iRacing and Gran Turismo Sports got, like the, yep. the safety yep. rating, um, so that if you race like a dick... You are going to get matched with other dicks, and if you race clean, you'll be ra- you'll be yeah. matched with other people who race clean. Yeah, but yeah, there are there's games like that. I'd say um, quite a lot of sports games as well. Like if you know how to play FIFA, you know how to play FIFA. They'll make some sight changes to to the way that the AI defends or movement options yeah. for high class players or whatever. But it's you know it's FIFA. Year in, year out, is FIFA. If you know how to play it, you know how to play yeah. it. So it doesn't matter if you come into that late and you jump online. If you know how to play FIFA, then you're going to do all right. But yeah, uh, anything that has a progression-based system, uh, I think if you're not there on day one and if you don't put the time in, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah, you are. And I, I can totally see why that would be massively off-putting to, to people like you, Kev. I, yeah. I guess the only mm-hmm. difference for me would be MMOs because unless you're you jump on on the vanilla game so before any expansions and, and different things like that they tend to put like boosts in so Kev could or Stu could go on yeah. to World of Warcraft now or I think they do it on Final Fantasy as well and Final Fantasy do the thing where you can pay I guess to get to that level but yes. if you want to do yeah. from level 1 and grind well not grind but do do the game all the way up to level 90 or whatever where it starts to slow down 
they actually put a an XP boost on and make it a lot easier for you and they've skipped a little bit of the content but you still get to see it but not in the way that people might have done in the vanilla bit but you still mm. get to experience it but this the progression of speeding up through that's a lot quicker um because what happens is and this is really annoying from a I guess a very experienced MMO player is you'll do the first expansion, get to level cap, say 50, lovely. Do all your raiding, get your legendary gear, badass. Next expansion comes out, you'll pick up a green item or sometimes a common and it's better than your legendary sword and you're like, what the... (laughs) But that's just how they help you progress. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. Technically, your your gear isn't really worth anything after that next expansion because if someone wants to join in, at least someone that's got that gear might have a slight advantage for a little bit but it drops off quite quick or everyone on the same curve that's pretty good yeah yeah they do that option uh being able to like um speed through the main story and get to the expansions on um final fantasy 14 as well Mm. because it's kind of i guess it's like if you have some friends who were playing it but you didn't and then a new expansion comes out and they finally talk you into getting it but then you're going to be 50 hours 50 to 100 hours behind them you can kind of shortcut your way there so that you can be on at yeah. the same point yeah. as your friends sometimes are. little incentives as well i think mmos have kind of nailed it a bit better than everywhere else because with um world of warcraft you could uh recruit a friend and then you could help each help that guy level up mm. but you could both do like a level one character and go up together but you get a like a, a heirloom or a, a special ring that you both wear at the same time it's getting a little bit on tricky around here um and it means you both get like triple the amount of experience. So you could be with an experienced player, but at the same level, but you'll level up a lot quicker by doing it together. So they add little things in like this that possibly people aren't aware of, which then puts them off. So Stu might be interested in playing World of Warcraft at some point. I could recruit him as a friend and then we'll say, right, yeah, come on, let's go and do the first 20 levels. And you could do easily these days 20 levels on World of Warcraft in an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's without rushing it. Oh, okay. And um, other games have offered kind of like options uh, to help negate the grind um, oh, okay. if you didn't have the time. So, yeah. like Battlefield Four had the, and uh, I'm sure they've had, they've got them in other games as well. Had the shortcut packs. So, say you didn't, have, you wanted to play as a sniper on Battlefield Four, didn't have enough time to grind away to unlock all the rifles and all the attachments. So, you could buy a shortcut kit that would unlock all of that straight yeah. away. Burnout did that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of like negates your um, needing. It helps you catch up with people who've been able to put in all that time. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned both then expansions and uh, sort of the paid shortcuts as such. There, we'll go with expansions first. Is there an issue with expansions sort of fracturing the player base? Absolutely. Well, did, didn't that yes. destroy Battlefield 1, in effect? Battle, no, uh, Battlefront yes. 1. Battlefront, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because the season pass was so expensive and barely anyone bought it. <laughs> uh, and the people who did buy it, or some people who bought the the DLC piecemeal and would have bought some map packs and not others. Um, that It's been a problem for a long time. It's been a problem ever since map packs and season passes started coming in again um back in like call of duty modern warfare days but yeah if a game has paid for map packs you're definitely going to fracture the player base mm. a lot of uh, developers have moved towards more microtransactions to support free map packs down the line sort of thing like overwatch titanfall <laughs> and I guess yeah. Battlefront 2. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we'd mentioned was um, having time. 
Um, and obviously money comes into it as well in some of the cases um, with the expansions and the shortcut packs. Recently on Twitter, I saw a retweet um, from, a, I think it was a gaming developer or whatever, basically saying that they were appalled. Um, the retweet actually was a link to a website that yep. basically said that they will play mm-hmm. um, Call of Duty for you for £5 an hour uh. or so. So. You know, yeah, it's existed for a long time, and um, I guess it's existed for a long time in the MMO world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you could. There's been several things you could do in the MMO world, and I won't say if I'm guilty yeah. or not to these. One of them is you could pay an Asian person to level up your character for you. <laughs> uh, back in the day when it was less brutal than what it is now, uh, that was before all those lovely enhancements we spoke about earlier. Uh, and the other thing is is uh, guild farming or gold farming which is massive in uh, MMOs mm-hmm. uh, to the point you can go on a website pay some money and mm-hmm. get a nice sum of money delivered to your account uh, they've tried to crack down on it but it's a hard thing to do because you just get it sent in game um, but mm-hmm. it's it, that has been around for a while but not on Call of Duty and why you'd pay someone to level you up in Call of Duty or not because it's not going to make you a better player on an MMO it's a little bit different because you, you could pay someone to say right I'm I'm a mage and I want you to get me a druid up to level 80, but I can't be bothered with that grind. Yeah. It cost me 20 quid. Lovely. Let's do it. And a lot of games have started to implement them in themselves. Back in the day of Vanilla WoW, it used to take you a long time to level up. These days, it seems quite easy. A lot of people get to level caps in a lot of games very quickly, which I think is one thing. Um, but obviously doing it on Call of Duty, it's your skill at the end of the day. Um, I've had people kill me that are like level one or two or whatever on their, you know, they've probably done a prestige or whatever because they're just good at the game. Yeah. Um, and some of these kids, yeah. for all their abuse they give us, they're like little ninjas, they're like fighter pilots with the reactions yeah. they've got. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you're like, how did he even kill me? Whether some of it's like, you know, like we've got to blame technology <laughs> sometimes. Um, but paying someone to level up your character to, you know, 10th prestige isn't going to mean jack if you're just going to get shot in the head and it comes down to skill Mm -hmm. Uh, on an mmo it's a little bit different because you already probably hopefully know the game and it's just knowing your abilities and off you go but you there's still an essence of skill to it but that helps you with the game as opposed to call of duty is just i don't know is it just a a status i don't know it's a bit strange so going from the negative sides of online gaming what makes a good online game for me it's quick lobbies it has to be a quick lobby something you're not hanging around um that's by love yes yeah i um yeah oh god america's so good (laughs) oh it's so quick (laughs) genuine skill-based matchmaking Mm -hmm. yep yep makes a hell of a difference it's just not fun if if the game doesn't have good skill-based matchmaking and you're getting matched with players who are going to stomp you every single game then it's just not fun um mario kart's really good at that it's it seems to find fairly i think it uses that point system and matches people in certain brackets um in the number of points they've got online you know you got like your online score Mm. you get more points for wherever you finish in the race um Mm -hmm. by its very nature though the game itself balances out yes because the the rubber banding and the um the blue shells yeah yeah stupid red shells yeah, yeah and blue exactly. shells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, it's it's got to be something that you can have a laugh with. Something mm-hmm. 
you know, it can be as casual or as hardcore as you like, but just something where hmm. it doesn't matter too much, like Grand Theft Auto Online. Although it can be a bit frustrating if you're trying to do a certain mission, it's just hmm. so much fun at times where you're just dicking around, blowing up stuff, nobody cares, hmm. yep. throwing C4 on each other and making it look like a Christmas tree before you blow them up, mm-hmm. Kev. Um, <laughs> and and just, just things like that and just, like, having a laugh and not, being pressured into buying buying anything, you can just load it up, and one of your mates might go, "Do you fancy going online on this game or whatever?" And it could be mm-hmm. like Grand Theft Auto is probably one of the, the best examples because th- there are some online trophies granted, but it's just part of the game. They've never mm-hmm. charged a penny for that online service, and they're always updating. No, it. it's been running for four years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Granted, money can be a bit of a yeah. grind, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because you can just go on. And just muck around, jump in a car with your mates and just wreak havoc. And yeah, there might be some dickhead in a a fighter plane or a helicopter and that that's just going to blow you up. But then you just go, right, we're going to take him down next and have a laugh. But for some reason, <laughs> on like your Call of Duties and, and things, it seems to be more serious. And I think that's when the frustration comes in, especially when you've got you've paid for it as well. Mm. And then it just becomes painful. But I think the communities as well, for all its bad things and all the good things and sometimes gamers are their own worst enemies sometimes you meet and play with some really fantastic mm. people mm-hmm. and just have mm. a laugh like the amount of different people I've raided with on WoW and met on WoW in my time and just have a laugh with same on Destiny um, and things like that and there are some genuinely nice people there that just want to play the game and appreciate you helping them and sometimes you appreciate them for helping you sometimes you'll just be doing something and someone will go oh do you want to jump in? I'm doing this same quest as you or whatever. And you go, yeah, yeah. And you, you end up making friends, you know, and, you know, you have your online friends. Not going to marry any of them, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes the communities are great. For me, it comes down to, it's a little bit of balancing, uh, so it is, but also, again, you were, Ali, you were talking mm. about just having fun with it. Um, you know, things like playing Splatoon, it doesn't matter how bad or yeah, good yeah. you are in Splatoon, yeah. it always feels yeah. as if you're contributing to your, your team. Even if your team loses really badly, you just running about painting the walls as much as you can is still contributing um, to that. You know, on some of the levels in Splatoon, I usually just bomb towards mm. the uh, the enemy's <laughs> end and just try and camp out and just try and take them down. And okay, I'm not necessarily doing an awful lot, but if I take down, you know, maybe a couple of them every so often, um, at least that is contributing to it. Um, another thing I like is um, as I mentioned, I play Hearthstone, um, so do I, and I don't do anything particularly interesting in Hearthstone. I just try and get myself up to level 20 every month to get the special card back. You get a little bit of dust and, um, you know, you usually end up with a nice new card of some description. Mm. Um, but for that, it's, you know, maybe a dozen, less than a dozen matches a month. And I'm just playing with a very standard deck, but I enjoy the mechanics of that game and there's no real barrier for me the only money that i spent on hearthstone has been picking up any of the standalone expansions yeah um where you actually get like a little single player game as well and i enjoy playing all of those but i've never actually spent any money on buying any of the cards i've just played enough games that i have built up a fairly good library um of cards within that um, another one that I enjoy playing um, occasionally um, was Dirty Bomb, uh, which is a free-to-play game on PC, um, available through Steam. 
Um, and again, it always feels as if I'm contributing to the team's objective, even if I'm not necessarily being very good at it. That's, um, yeah, that's the thing. Neither of those, you feel like you need to hide behind an experienced player. You don't feel like you need to have your hand held all the way through it. Yeah, I think um, Splatoon and, and Mario Kart are good examples. It's, it seems to be something that Nintendo seems to be very good at with their online games, because um, Smash Brothers and ARMS... You yeah. Don't like if you go online on like Street Fighter or um Injustice or something like that, you're more than likely going to get absolutely God, get bodied repeatedly by people who are really good at fighting games. Um <laughs> whereas like Smash Brothers and Arms like you can jump online so it doesn't matter if you're not that good at fighting games, you can just button bash or you can just swing your arms about and it's like if you've got some skill, uh there's a good chance that you're probably going to win the fight, but if you don't and you're just having fun, you're still going to have fun, you can still contribute, you can still feel like you're not completely wasting your time it's really funny as well as with those games because like for instance i've played against a guy that's really really skilled in video games and i was playing against him on arms for about three hours Mm -hmm. and we came out pretty Mm -hmm. good uh both sides he was playing it as a proper player should, and I was playing it where I'm just flailing all over the place. You know, I'm, I'm wriggling around like a lizard in a tin. But um, yeah, just arms yeah. all over the place. But it was still good. Nintendo with the great leveler. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, Kev's that kid in the arcades that just runs up while you're playing a single player of Street Fighter, <laughs> picks a person, starts mashing the buttons, and just absolutely destroys you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then nicks the twenty pence out of the slot. Yeah, that's just <laughs> painful. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of, um, at least some of our listeners will maybe be getting either a new console um, coming up to Christmas or possibly some new games as well and uh, we hope everybody has an awful lot of fun with those um i'm just sort of trying to think of any sort of tips and tricks um for people sort of getting into uh games and what have you um any ideas i definitely do a little bit of research so depending on the game there's always a a youtuber a forum or something out there that'll have some starter tips yeah, mm-hmm. and they can be worth their weight in gold. Every online game's different, so not everyone has the same thing. Some people just figure things out quicker than others, mm-hmm. um, but it's always worth just having a look because there could be a, a certain weapon to pick up, or sometimes you with a lot of these games, you tend to get a free bit of something. So it could be a, a few coins or whatever, and there's always an optimum way to spend them. Now you don't have to follow the tips, but. Mm-hmm. It's it's always a good place just to go, oh, okay, you can do this, this, and this. Um, there might be a certain quest to get if you if it's more of a an RPG type of game where you can go and pick up a few quests that will help you level up quicker or get your decent gear. Uh, on like the Call of Duties, there might be a fairly decent all-around weapon or you know what you should spend your, your tokens on Yeah, just in an optimal way. So it's always worth just doing a little research um, and just having a look at the tips and tricks of that particular game because there might be a way of saying you know if you do these races or if you do this that and the other it'll just help you kind of catch up with people and enjoy the game because the last thing you want to do is spend you know a few hours that you have free online gaming and then going oh if i'd have done it this way i'd be a lot further into the game than what i am now 
So that would be probably my biggest yeah. tip. I've used that quite a lot uh, myself with, um, say, for instance, like a new character comes out uh, on Overwatch and I haven't don't play it straight away and I come in a couple of weeks later and I'm like, I want to try this new character out. I have absolutely no idea how the character works. Just go online, watch a YouTube video uh, with a rundown of how to play that particular character, whatever. Okay, I've got yeah. an idea. I can jump in now and I can have some fun. Mm. Um, and that always proves quite handy. One of the tips I've got uh, for uh, if you're like interested in playing first person shooters online but like me are not that great at the fundamental shooting bit of uh, first person shooters <laughs> always a stumbling block <laughs> always a stumbling block of course yeah uh, find some friends who play battlefield um yeah. team up with them and just play medic yeah or support uh mm. i've i play medic uh almost exclusively medical support on uh on battlefield and i don't get many kills because i'm not that good at the shooty part of the shooty bang bang <laughs> uh but i still usually finish if i'm playing with friends I'll, I'll usually finish in in the top 10 sometimes in the top five of you know 32 player team um just from dropping health kits, resurrecting dead teammates, dropping ammo packs, things like that. Mm-hmm. Just being and playing the objective, being part of the team rather than running around like a mad thing, shooting anything that moves. So, so yeah, there are certain games like that, that that encourage more team play than just outright skill. I'd mm. say as well, kind of read what you're going to be doing online as well. Um, so if you're playing Call of Duty, Titanfall, Battlefront, Battlefield, anything like that, just read the game type that you're doing because sometimes your your uh, kill-death ratio doesn't mean jack if you don't control a point. So forget what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. and even if it means you're dying but you're sp- spent the most time on that point, point A, point B or capturing something, that goes to your score. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are obsessed with their kill-to-death ratio I'm not that bothered. Those people are the worst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes if you're playing capture, you know, uh, capture the points, uh, headquarters, something like that, just look at what you're actually doing and what the actual objective is because you'll end up doing better. You might not have killed like 250 people and had four deaths, but you might be top of the leaderboards because you've actually gone around and captured all the points and actually defended them and then ran on to the next one and different things. Um, so just try and read about what you're going to do in those, if there are different games. I've started looking at um, trophies, you know, uh, not so much for games that are online only, because if it's a game that's on- online only, I just don't buy it, simple as. Um, but if it's a 50-50 split, I've started looking at how achievable those trophies are going to be. Do I think it's going to be possible for me to do that? You know, and if if the answer is no, then I'm going to think, well, the online section of that game then is probably going to be an absolute waste of time. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and uh, GG. GG. <laughs> Down with the kids nasty. GG. Uh, one other <laughs> thing, just if you are going to be online and what have you, um, please heed the words of Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan and be excellent to each other. Yes, please, please be excellent <laughs> to each other. Unless you shoot me in the head, then I might give you some abuse. But you know. 
um, as we're coming up to Christmas, we will very soon have our uh, Game of the Year uh, recording, uh, which will hopefully then be released um, sometime in around sort of Christmas, New Year's. Oh, right around Christmas, yeah. yeah hopefully. <laughs> uh, so couple of wee things then. Um, if you're listening, uh, please let us know your sort of first experiences on online gaming and what have you. Fire them into the usual address, which is lapsgamerradio at gmail.com and or send us a Twitter, um, which is just at lapsgamer and uh, just get in contact with us and let us know that what you're playing. What was your first? Are you still learn about games? Ooh. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think what well, my first um probably would have been uh for sort of LAN and what have you would either have been um Command and Conquer or possibly Doom Two. Mm. Oh wow. Um but that was literally just me and my brother um connecting up like two computers that we managed to cobble together <laughs> uh, using a serial cable, I think it was. Mm. Um back back in the day. Um my online one I I'm trying to think. I never had um, I never got the Dreamcast hooked up. I never had the GameCube. Um, so it probably would have been something then on um, either PC or more than likely it was probably PlayStation 3. Yeah, mine um, was PS3. Yeah. Um, can't remember what it was. Mine was Burnout Paradise which yeah. was incredible Jesus. online. That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's going back a bit now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ali, what about you? Other than LAN parties of Quake 2 and things like that, a bit of Duke Nukem <laughs> and things, uh, Command and Conquer, mm-hmm. Command and Conquer Red Alert, um, it would be something on a PC game yeah. that I played online for sure. Um, it could be World of Warcraft. Uh, so what's that now? Is that like... 15 years old or something just getting on for that yeah <laughs> got to be at least yeah Ooh, i'm sure yeah, at least yeah so yeah it could quite possibly be world of warcraft because that'd be before the days of the 360 and different things but yeah uh, yeah always been gaming online i guess what were yours mark what my first online game yeah can you remember that far back i'm trying to think well apart from like 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 you guys are apart from like land parties um I don't know which came first, StarCraft or um, Half-Life Team Deathmatch. Uh, one of those two probably would have been the first one they played on. Oh, yeah, Half-Life, um, yeah. I, about I played so much Half-Life <laughs> Team Deathmatch, and yeah. You weren't um, a Fantasy yeah. Star Online player? Uh, n- not until later, no. Yeah. Me and a friend at uh, uni, um, because we couldn't afford the new... Well, it was when the, the Xbox 360 came out. We, we couldn't afford the Xbox 360s because we were poor students. Um, we both had... <laughs> we had crappy laptops each. We would... Mm. Uh, we ran a really, really long Ethernet cable from, like, <laughs> the laptop in my room, bedroom downstairs up to his bedroom in the upstairs and played 1v1 um, sniper battles on Call of Duty 1 for hours. <laughs> oh, man, it was so good. Oh, I remember doing that um, with the original Xbox on Halo. Yeah, at a mate's house, and there were like literally rooms next to each other, and it was two v two. Yeah, and all you could hear is the <laughs> of the sniper scope and stuff yeah. on that. <laughs> and we playing that for hours. God. Oh yeah. man, I'm getting all nostalgic now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and goodbye. Bye bye. Goodbye. Bye. bye.